Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. So this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Paleo Valley, and they have a great new product that I've been taking every morning called Neuro Effect, and it is a neuro-supportive blend of eight full-spectrum mushroom extracts and something called NeuroFactor, which is whole coffee fruit extract. You guys, I'm a huge fan of medicinal mushrooms. I take them to support my immune system and my brain health, but virtually every mushroom product on the market is not really mushrooms. It's actually just a part of the mushroom. It's called the mycelium, and they actually grow it on grain. The grain can actually cause gut irritation and interfere with your body's absorption of the little mushrooms that they've got included in it. Now, Paleo Valley's Neuro Effect actually contains a blend of eight whole mushrooms. They're not grown on grain, so you get the entire mushroom instead of just a piece of it. The product is greater than 26% beta-glucans, which are the medicinal elements of a mushroom. Now, let's compare this to coffee. One of the ways that coffee works to increase your focus and energy is by modulating your body's secretion of brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF. If you've listened to this podcast for any period of time, you've heard me talk about BDNF. It is a protein associated with learning and memory. It also protects your current brain cells, and it encourages the growth of new ones. That's why it's no surprise it has the nickname Miracle Grow for the Brain. But we all know that coffee also can have negative side effects like crashes in the afternoon, stained teeth, dehydration, headaches, addictive properties. I mean, you guys know this. And that's why we went looking for a different way to increase your BDNF without those negative side effects. And that is how Paleo Valley came across organic coffee fruit. In just 60 minutes, it works 4.3 times better than coffee at boosting your natural production of BDNF. Plus, it only contains two milligrams of caffeine, which is similar to the amount you'd find in a single square of chocolate. So this means no crash or feeling like you need another cup of of, uh, coffee a few hours later. Just clean energy without the jitters. Now, it's also rich in beta-glucans. They are naturally occurring polysaccharides, and they're they're like the fountain of youth for your brain. They also support your immune system. Beta-glucans are one of the best things to support your immune system. A 2012 review on products containing beta-glucans found that they can help to naturally increase your energy, reduce confusion, boost mood, improve recall and memory, and increase vigor. Numerous prestigious universities like Brown, Cornell, and Harvard have all heavily researched the power of beta-glucans. And thanks to the dedicated research that's occurred over the last 50 years, we know that they can stimulate the production of BDNF. So you get beta-glucans, you also get the organic coffee fruit in this, as well as many other properties that are in things like lion's mane, reishi mushroom, turkey tail mushroom, cordyceps. You know, guys, I'm huge. I'm a huge fan of these kinds of herbs and mushrooms, and I think you guys will get a lot out of this. So go ahead, check out Paleo Valley. It's NeuroEffect. Use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 15% off. In this podcast, I'm being interviewed by my friend, Dr. Roger Murphy, for his Fibromyalgia Fix Summit. So he has got, he's an expert, world expert when it comes to fibromyalgia, has an amazing book on fibro. He's helped people for 20 years now uh, with functional medicine, dealing with fibromyalgia and chronic inflammatory conditions. And we talked in this podcast all about advanced nutrition strategies to turn off chronic inflammation. And we know chronic inflammation is at the root of all chronic degenerative diseases. And so if we're going to, if we're going to heal, if we're going to really thrive in life, if we're going to avoid, prevent or avoid disease, we have got to turn down inflammation and 
our nutrition, our lifestyle is really at the root of that. And so I go through some pretty advanced strategies in this interview. You guys are going to love it. If you know anybody that's dealing with chronic inflammation, definitely send them this episode. And also, if you know anybody dealing with fibromyalgia, go to the show notes in this for this podcast that you'll find on drjockers.com. And there will be a link for Dr. Murphy's Fibromyalgia Summit. And you will find some amazing presentations, some really great free gifts that he's he's created to help people that are dealing with this issue. I know fibromyalgia, people really suffer big time and they don't get any results in Western medicine when it comes to this condition. They're told it's in their head. They're given a bunch of medications and they just slowly suffer and, and live a miserable life. And I want to make sure it doesn't happen to people you care about so Dr. Murphy has got some great resources to help people with fibromyalgia. So check it out in the show notes. You can also find a really super detailed article on fibromyalgia on drjockers.com. So you can look that up as well and uh, share this podcast, of course, with, with those individuals as well. And they'll get some amazing nuggets for how to get started with their nutrition plan. And of course, if you've not left us a five-star review, what are you waiting for? Now's the time to do that. Go to Apple iTunes, go to wherever you listen to the podcast, Find where they get, where they allow reviews. Leave us a five-star review. That helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. Thank you so much for doing that, and let's go into the show. Hi, welcome. I'm Dr. Roger Murphy, and I'm the host of Freedom from Fibromyalgia. I've got Dr. David Jockers here. He's a longtime friend, colleague, and really kind of on the cutting edge, I think, of a lot of what we're trying to accomplish in functional medicine. He's a two-time best-selling author, and uh, let, me, let me just share a little bit about his his, uh, his bio is quite impressive, but I'm going to keep it short, David, We're going to, so we can have plenty of time to talk. But uh, Dr. David Jockers is a doctor of natural medicine, uh, board-certified chiropractic physician, master of science, and uh, a doctor of natural medicine. He specializes in functional medicine. He's the founder of Exodus Health Center in Kennesaw, Georgia. And drjockers.com, a website designed to empower people with self-science-based solutions to improve their health. He's gotten over 1 million monthly down, uh, views on his uh, on his website. And his podcast is, is fantastic. If you haven't checked out his podcast, please do so. We'll talk a bit more about how to do that. And then he's got two wonderful books that are out, The Keto Metabolic Breakthrough and The Fasting Transformation. So, David, welcome. Thanks for being part of this summit. So glad to have you here. Well, thanks so much, Roger. Always great to connect with you and uh, have these great, great conversations. Well, so if I imagine, all right, my favorite topic, and then your favorite topic is inflammation. So uh, between the two of us, we, we uh, should be able to accomplish a lot on this on this conversation. What is inflammation? Let's just keep it basic here for a minute. What is inflammation? For sure. Well, inflammation is an immune response, and it's designed to help our body heal. And it's also designed to help prevent against dying from a, uh, you know, a systemic infection. In fact, we think about our ancestors, more of our ancestors died from a systemic infection. So some sort of a, you know, bacteria or pathogen that got into the bloodstream, spread throughout the body, got into the lungs, gave, gave people pneumonia, you know, gave them uh, meningitis if it got into the nervous system and ended up killing them. And so because of that, our body has adapted and created this inflammatory process that helps keep the pathogens from killing us quickly. And, uh, you know, it's life-saving. It also helps to break down damaged tissue, right? When we have an injury, like if we sprain our ankle or whatever it is, the the downside and, and, you know, really the downside of it is if we can't turn the inflammation off, right? So when it's short-term and acute, it's amazing, it helps save our life. But if it's not turned off, if it's not resolved, then it becomes chronic inflammation, which slowly over time, wears down our joints, our organs, you know, whatever, whatever major area is being inflamed, our brain, and causes chronic disease. So we love inflammation because of the survival advantages of it, but we have to keep it under control. We've got to address whatever the root cause of it is and um and 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 dampen it down, right? And I, I kind of look at it like a fire in a fireplace, right? So in your home, cold winter day, Fire and fire in your fireplace, beautiful thing, right? Brings warmth uh, to the home and creates a really nice environment. However, if you go in, you dump gasoline on the on the fire, now it's going to start to spread into the walls, right? And it's going to burn up the house. 
And so most people in our society, they're living a lifestyle that's pouring gasoline on the fire, on the inflammatory fire. And so the fire has now escaped from the fireplace and it's now burning down their walls. And that's what we've got to get under control. You know, I think a lot of people associate inflammation with trauma. So some type of physical yes. energy, that's something you can see, you can feel, you can, but it's not just physical trauma. I mean, certainly when you cut your finger, you see all the, you know, the, the swelling and you see everything that's happening, you know, with this, with this, uh, with this, with this uh, infection that, you know, trying to prevent. So inflammation is a normal process of the body without it we wouldn't be able to survive so it's a it's our defense mechanism but as you said it can get out of control but but there's other things besides just physical trauma that creates this inflammation toxins pollutants chemicals that we take in through our diet or things that we breathe in the air that can initiate this reaction and then unfortunately sometimes it never turns off this in inflammatory reaction can just goes on and on and on. It creates chronic inflammation and then makes us makes our immune system compromised. So we're more susceptible to maybe a more violent type of a more uh, serious type of infection. Yeah, absolutely. So we think about mental emotional stress. So our ancestors, when they experience mental emotional stress, it may have been a life threatening circumstance. And so, like you know, the body doesn't know if you're just driving down the road and somebody kind of cuts you off right? Or somebody says something mean to you, or if you are being ostracized from, you know, your community or from, or if you're being attacked, doesn't really know the difference. It's going to re respond the same way. And so when we, are, when we encounter mental, emotional stressor, the body uh, starts to ramp up inflammatory pathways. And this is because again, it wants to protect against any sort of flesh wound that could cause pathogens, bacteria, things like that getting into the bloodstream and, and, and obviously killing us quickly. So it will start to drive up some of these inflammatory pathways and drive up inflammation in general. But at the same time, like you said, toxins and different things like that are all playing a, a role and we all have micro traumas. And so particularly when we think about it, you know, you may not have gotten a flesh wound, right? Like if we break our ankle or if we, you know, cut our, you know, if we're, if we're cutting something with a knife and we cut our finger or something along those lines, right? It makes sense that our body's going to create that inflammatory response. It's trying to protect, it's trying to break down scar tissue and it's trying to protect against the bacteria getting in. However, we could just do something like eat bad food. Like for example, eat processed foods yeah. and those processed foods go into our gut and they actually trigger an inflammatory process in the gut. And that micro trauma, right? It's not as big of a trauma as like spraining your ankle or cutting your finger open. Um, however, it's a micro trauma that now causes uh, permeability in your gut, right? It starts to cause inflammatory processes and break down the gut junction. And we know that the gut is only one cell wall, right? And so it's one cell wall connected, particularly in the small intestine. And uh, they're connected by these tight junctions. The tight junctions, almost like um, like little knitting or um, like cheesecloth in a sense, that's kind of holding it together. And then it's got villi, and that's where the nutrients, which you know should be broken down to a very, very small particles, and then they pass through the villi into the bloodstream. And now the body can deliver those nutrients to the cells of the body. And when we're eating bad food or if we're eating too much and we're overstressing our digestive system, then we start to have large undigested food particles and more inflammatory processes take place in the gut that opens up those gut junctions. And now we get large undigested proteins, we get um, bacteria, we get bacterial uh, toxins, we call those endotoxins seeping into the bloodstream. And now the immune system becomes primed. It says, okay, wow, there's a, a large number of bacteria or a large number of bacterial cell membranes, right? Things like lipopolysaccharides, we call those endotoxins. They're now in the bloodstream and the body set, turns on the alarm and it says, okay, we got to, we got to create a, a really strong immune response because, you know, we're under attack here, right? There's pathogens in our system. We've got to get these things under control. And so it does that for a period of time. And, you know, if we, if we do that, we, you know, say we have a bad meal or we overeat and, um, you know, we don't real respond well, we create that inflammation, we create that permeability, but then let's say, you know, we fast overnight, um, you know, we get a good sleep that night 
we heal up, right? The intestinal cells heal pretty quickly, right? In fact, we we turn over those intestinal cells every three to five days, you know, and then we get back into healthy lifestyle principles. We might be able to heal that up, right? However, if let's say we stay up late that night, let's say maybe we drank some alcohol, um, you know, we uh, we we got we had, we encountered some stress, whatever it was, didn't sleep well, then we had a bad another bad meal. Now we're we're kind of stacking all these inflammatory insults and we create more and more tearing and damage to that intestinal lining. And now we keep that inflammatory process elevated in the system. And now that inflammatory process is even more primed and creating more and more inflammation. And it could even get to the point where the, the immune system adapts and starts actually creating a lot of antibodies or an autoimmune response to different tissues of the body. And when that happens, now the immune system is has an even higher level of priming for inflammation. So then we have less tolerance, right? All of us have a certain level of tolerance for toxins, for bad food, for stress, things like that. But the more and more that we overwhelm the gut lining and signal this inflammatory process, the lower our resilience and the lower our tolerance becomes. And now even, you know, things that may not have triggered, and a lot of people will say this, they'll be like, you know what, back in my twenties, I could eat whatever I wanted to. Now I'm in my forties. It's like, you know, one bad night's sleep and, you know, I'm done for two weeks or, you know, I eat a one bad meal and I, my joints hurt for two weeks, right? Why? Because the resilience has gone down. The tolerance point has gone down. The immune system is more primed. And so all these little micro traumas add up, right? And ultimately here's the interesting thing too, Roger and this is, and, and particularly talking to somebody that is healthy. I know a lot of people listening to this have autoimmune conditions. They have fibromyalgia. They're dealing with chronic, chronic issues. And, you know, and we'll go into that as well. However, for somebody that's at fairly good health, maybe that hasn't been diagnosed with a chronic illness and just wants to optimize their health, actually getting exposure to certain stressors for, to a, you know, a small degree, we call it hormetic stressors. And then having time to rest and recover properly is actually advantageous and actually builds higher tolerance and higher resilience. And so that's actually in a survival advantage there. So it's like, we can't avoid, we don't want to avoid these things hundred percent. Um, we actually need stressors like exercise, for example, is actually a major stressor. If you looked, if um, you did some level of intense exercise and then you took your blood, did a blood draw right after that, your high sensitivity C-reactive protein, right? One of your major inflammatory compounds is skyrocketed, right? Um, you've got major inflammation in your system. You would think, oh my gosh, this person's having a heart attack. But obviously, you know, and they might feel amazing, right? Their endorphins are up. They feel fantastic, yet their blood work looks terrible because you took it right after they exercise. Exercise is catabolic. It creates an inflammatory process. However, as long as you get the right nutrients, the right rest and recovery afterwards, your body is actually going to get stronger. It's going to become more resilient. It's going to be better at producing what we call endogenous antioxidant defense systems, which means these sort of defense systems that protect us from oxidative stress that we produce within our own intracellular glutathione levels, catalase, um, you know, all the different intracellular uh, antioxidants, superoxide dismutase. We get better at uh, producing these natural antioxidants, and we're able to adapt and become more resilient to the stressors we face in life, which is really what all of us want to accomplish. So stress micro traumas, okay, can add up and really create bat big time problems. However, we actually need some level of stress and some level of micro traumas in our life in order to become stronger and more resilient. And so really the key is the balance and um, the recovery process. This podcast is sponsored by Liver Health Formula from Pure Health Research. For anyone looking to ignite their fat-burning metabolism, boost their energy, and transform how they look and feel, they must start taking care of their liver. Your liver is your body's master detoxifier. It performs over 500 key functions in your body every single day. It's responsible for cleansing and removing thousands of harmful toxins, man-made chemicals, alcohol, and dangerous food additives and preservatives. And after decades of wear and tear, our livers slow down and they become sluggish. And this is why so many of us struggle with weight gain and feeling tired all the time. Fortunately, there's a simple all natural solution that I recommend. It's called liver health formula. 
Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities. It boosts your energy levels and can kick your natural metabolism into high gear. It also works remarkably well to fight fatty liver, which is a silent epidemic affecting 100 million Americans. And right now, as a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you're going to receive a free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3. This powerful blend of omega-3 fatty acids supports a healthy heart and brain with four times better absorption thanks to this special nano delivery system. You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity, regardless of age. Just go to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of liver health formula and all five bonus gifts. That's get liver help. So G E T L I V E R H E L P dot com forward slash jockers or call 800 282 1757. You're covered by their 365 day money back guarantee. So you have nothing to risk, but supplies are limited. So go head over to get liverhelp.com forward slash chalkers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 now to order liver health formula and claim your five free bonus gifts while you still can. That's getliverhelp.com forward slash chalkers or call 800-282-1757. So I think the two drivers of all chronic health conditions are stress and then inflammation. And I'm guilty, and I admit this in, uh, in, a, in an earlier book, my fibromyalgia book, where I talked about we don't see inflammation in fibromyalgia. It's not there because usually when we run tests, we don't see an elevated stead rate, CRP, ANA, unless they have lupus. We don't really see these inflammatory markers show up. And yet what we've learned over probably in the last decade or so, certainly I have, is that this underlying inflammation is there for everybody. It's a good thing. It's a necessity. But for some people, it gets turned on, doesn't get turned off. And we see with fibromyalgia, their nervous system is on hyper alert. It's overreactive. And because of that, you just described it so well. I have patients that I'm working with that'll tell me, Dr. Murphy, you know, uh, up until two years ago, I could eat anything I wanted to. Now I'm down to all I can eat is rice and green beans or something just crazy. Uh, they develop all these different conditions, these symptoms, these warning signs, which really is a sign that their body can't handle any additional stressors or any different additional toxins because they're in this reactive mode, this survival mode, which we've talked about here on the summit, and they can't get out of it. They're stuck. Now, you've just shared some ways that people can, can you know, change that. Um, let's talk a little bit more about diet. So, I think really, you know, uh, for fibromyalgia, the only way to overcome fibromyalgia is to get healthy. And that sounds, I know it sounds yeah. so simplistic. And part of that is you you can't get healthy without having a healthy diet. There's just no way around that. So what what are some of the things that you discuss uh, in, in the macro world, you know, macro diet? And then we'll look yeah. at fasting mm -hmm. and intermittent fasting. Yeah, for sure. So when it comes to diet, your first principle should always be, you want to eat foods that have the most amount of nutrients and the least amount of toxins, right? And that just kind of makes sense. Yeah. So like toxins obviously are going to cause problems. Nutrients are going to help your body heal. And then, so that's kind of your first step. And, and that's going to steer you towards real food as opposed to processed and ultra processed foods. Real yeah. foods are going to have more key nutrients in them. And so that's really where you want to steer towards. And then you, when you look at your macros, right? By macros, we talk about carbohydrates, protein, and fats, right? That's, those are the main macronutrients we're getting from our diet. We want to first off, every meal, you should have at least 30 grams of high quality protein. Why? Because 
Protein helps create satiety, meaning you feel satiated. It's really important for rebuilding lean body tissue. It's very important for blood sugar and insulin stabilization. So you don't get blood sugar imbalances, which create inflammation. You don't, you don't secrete too much insulin, um, which will also cause fat storage and, and uh, pro-inflammatory will drive up pro-inflammatory pathways. So we want to get at least 30 grams of protein if, you know, most of the listeners here probably aren't, but if you are like an athlete, something like that, you probably want a lot more, right? Like when I eat a meal, I'm usually getting 50 or 60 grams of protein, but you want to get at least 30 grams. And then when it comes to fats, you want to get roughly around 20 to 30 or so grams of healthy fats. Now, the healthy fats that you want are going to be from things like uh, grass-fed or pasture-raised animal products. So like grass-fed butter, for example, extra virgin, fresh pressed, high polyphenol olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, um, avocados or avocado oil would be a, a good a good fat as well. And then things like coconut oil or coconut milk, something along those lines, right? Eggs, you know, pasture-raised eggs, all really good sources of healthy fats. Obviously, if you have like a sensitivity, food sensitivity, allergy to something like that, you avoid it, but there's other alternatives, you know, that, yeah. that you go for. Yeah. So you're looking to get these healthy fats in your meals. And then you want a lot of colors, right? So colors, colorful plants, um, what gives them colors are, are things called polyphenols, right? Polyphenols are amazing for your gut lining. They're amazing for your microbiome. They have antioxidants in them. So, and they, and they taste good and they smell good and they provide a lot of variety, which helps with the overall diversity of your gut microbiome. So that's really what you're looking for. Um, lots of colors, make sure you're really locked in on how much protein you're consuming and healthy fats. Some people do well on, you know, a little bit more fat. They feel more satiated. Some people can't handle a whole lot of fat. Maybe they've got a sluggish, a sluggish bioflow. Uh, or, you know, from their, from their liver and gallbladder, or maybe they don't even have a gallbladder. So they might need more like 15 to 20 grams of fat in a meal. But if you get your protein, your healthy fats, and then you're consuming these uh, colorful, high fibrous fruits and vegetables, if you do that, you're going to feel very satiated. You're going to have blood sugar stability, and you're going to feel really, really good between meals. And you're going to be able to go longer periods of time without eating. And that's really key because when you're able to go longer periods of time, let's say four hours between meals, uh, without needing to consume food and keeping your blood sugar stable. And then overnight, let's say you finish dinner at 7 PM and you're able to go till let's say 9 AM the next day without actually needing to eat anything. When you're able to give yourself 14, maybe even 16 or 18 hours, uh, overnight without eating that allows your gut lining to start to heal and regenerate and rebuild right? And you start to break down, your body starts to break down damaged mitochondria and mitochondria produce all the energy in the cells and actually start to create new, healthy, more stress resilient mitochondria. And that's one of the key foundations to improving your energy and your stress resilience in life, right? So super key. We got to get the blood sugar stable. We do that with the macros I talked about, the kind of food, food principles I talked about. And then we start to kind of extend the time. We, we start to avoid snacking and extend the time between meals and gives our time to our body time to heal and repair itself. Yeah. So there's a lot in there that I wanted just to dive into a little bit. So definitely, you know, it takes a lot of energy to digest food. I mean, it's a lot of energy that, and if you're snacking all day, it, it really sabotages your body's ability to focus on other things that need repair. We know with fibromyalgia that, uh, typically you have less mitochondria than the normal person. The mitochondria that you have oftentimes are decoupled. They're not working uh, like they should. So anything you can do to boost your mitochondria function or increase the mitochondria number that you have is really uh, helpful. But, but I wanted, you know, oh, for 22 years or whatever it is now, specializing in fibromyalgia, initially I I'd ask people, you know, is there foods that you eat that you feel like gives you a hard time, you know, gives you trouble? And years ago, no one really answered that question. I was always looking for this answer that I'm now getting across the board now when I ask my patients, is there a food when you eat that seems to give you more, more fatigue and more pain, more brain fog, some of these symptoms we associate with fibromyalgia? And a lot of them now are realizing that sugar is something that really can create problems when they've never really thought about it. But now there's been so much written about, spoken about this whole thing about the dangers of, of excess sugar and insulin resistance. 
creating inflammation that people are now admitting that. So I find that that my patients really do better on a higher protein diet, higher fat diet, whether that's a keto diet or a paleo diet. Now, part of that is, and you kind of talked a little bit about this, is avoiding these grains that have a lot of omega-6 mm -hmm. in there. If you get too, you need, now, omega-6 is an essential fatty acid, you need it. But if you get too much omega-6 compared to omega-3, another essential fatty acid, you throw off the balance and you can create a thing called arachidonic acid and you can create a lot of inflammation. So one of the things I think is beneficial um, with, with the keto diet that you're, you know, that you're such an expert on and the paleo diet, these diets that avoid grains is you're now starting to get a more balanced ratio and ideally be one-to-one -one, omega-3 to omega-6. Uh, we see that people that are carrying around a lot of inflammation that can be as high as 20 mm. About 20 times amount of omega-6 to omega-3. Yeah, for sure. And and a big factor with that is the amount of seed oils people are consuming. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you go and you go to like any store and you look at the condiments, even the healthier condiments, salad dressings, things like that, you're going to see one of the some of the main ingredients being corn oil, soybean oil, safflower oil, cottonseed oil, peanut oil. These oils have a ton of omega-6, right? Real high omega-6, and they're very fragile oils that go rancid really, really quickly. When you consume them, they're really going to go rancid inside your body, create trans fats, and, and drive up all the inflammatory pathways. So you want to do everything you can to avoid these seed oils. So that's one of the key nutritional principles. I always recommend get rid of sugars and grains, right? Number one. Number two, get rid of these bad fats, these seed oils. Canola oil would be another one of them. Yeah. And then switch over to the healthy fats. Like I talked about high polyphenol, fresh pressed, extra virgin olive oil is one of the best you can consume. Grass-fed butter or ghee, uh, grass-fed beef tallow uh, or beef fat is a really, really good one as well. Um, you also have uh, coconut oil, like I mentioned, coconut milk, avocados, right? All really good olives. You can consume olives as well. That's where you should be getting your healthy fats as well as pasture-raised, grass-fed animal products, wild-caught fish, consuming things like that. That's all key. And then you want to do as much as possible. You know, I've already been mentioning this term, but moving away from your conventional animal products and towards your grass-fed, pasture-raised animal products, wild-caught fish. And the re main reason for that, well, two main reasons. Number one is the fatty acid composition, like you talked about, omega-6. So when, when uh, on a conventional feedlot, when cows are eating, you know, they're, they're feeding them grains, right? They're fattening them up on grains because it's cheaper and uh, the cows will grow larger, right? So they can get more meat. They can get more pounds of meat from the animal. However, the cows get very sick eating that high grain diet. They get insulin resistance themselves and they're higher in omega-6 fats or lower in conjugated linoleic acid, which is really amazing for the metabolism and the immune system. It's a really powerful uh, fat conjugated linoleic acid that we get in our, particularly our grass fed animal products. They're lower in vitamin E, vitamin A. I mean, across the board, the nutrients are lower and the grain fed animal products are also typically consuming grains that have been sprayed with pesticides, herbicides. So the toxin load is much higher. So you're getting lower nutrient dense meat with higher toxic load. So obviously the more that we can minimize that and then really get the nutrient-dense animal products, the better off we're going to be. And that's just a great source of protein. And we need that protein, again, for blood sugar stability to help uh, with tissue healing and repair, so critical. Um, and if we can get the blood sugar stable and we can get the nutrients into our body that we need, that's going to really drive up the healing process. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite products. It's liposomal vitamin C. People ask me, what, what they should take to keep their immune system strong so they don't get sick. I tell them vitamin C. In fact, scientists say that taking vitamin C daily can help you recover from infections and illnesses two times faster. A recent study showed that hospitalized patients suffering from a serious respiratory infection recovered twice as fast when they took vitamin C. And patients were able to go home seven days sooner than patients who weren't being given this vitamin. That's pretty incredible, right? And with so many respiratory infections floating around today, vitamin C is a must-have supplement to keep on hand for when you inevitably catch something or if you're dealing with allergy-like symptoms or just aren't feeling very well. 
But you have to know that not all vitamin C supplements are created equal. If you're taking vitamin C in a capsule powder or tablet form, you may be missing out on key immunity benefits. Vitamin C is not easy to absorb, so most supplements pass through your body without ever helping your immune system. A quality vitamin C supplement that I recommend is made by a company called Purality Health. They have a patented vitamin C formula that utilizes something called liposomal technology to help nutrients absorb 800% more efficiently than standard supplements. And each bottle of their vitamin C delivers increased absorption, comes packed with extra nutrients like vitamin E, and it's backed by a 180-day satisfaction guarantee. And today they're offering 30% off to my listeners. Visit PurityHealth.com and use the coupon DRJ to save 30% on your order. The next time you're sick, you'll be grateful you did this. Again, visit PurityHealth.com. That's P-U-R-A-L-I-T-Y-H-E-A-L-T-H.com and use the coupon DRJ for 30% off today. Well, so, you know, cows are not meant to eat uh, corn or soy. And, uh, you know, that's just not a healthy thing. And when you're pouring that into your body, all these uh, omega-6 oils from from the livestock that are being fed that, that's where you really change the the ratio omega omega threes to omega six so that's it it's it's you know people talk about eating grass-fed uh livestock that's really the big reason why i mean you really yeah. want to get those omega threes in you well let's talk yeah, about your typical gra- yeah. your typical grain-fed cattle is about 20 to 1 omega-6 to omega-3 yeah. whereas yeah. your grass-fed cattle you know if it's 100 percent grass-fed it's usually around two to one maybe even one to one yeah yeah, great. Yeah. Now tell me some of the benefits of fasting. Now, you know, yeah. with fibromyalgia, they're, you know, they're probably the audience and, you know, I, I can't do this. I can't, I can't fast, but there's steps and David lays this out in his books. It's very well mm-hmm. done. We've had these conversations before. I take a lot of what he shares in his books and I've shared that with my patients over the last five or six years. And it is something that really anybody can do it, but there are little baby steps that allow you to be able to get there. Yeah, for sure. Well, the first step is do what I just talked about. Get your protein right, your healthy fats, make the dietary changes. Second step is stop snacking, right? So eat three good quality meals, like I mentioned, with that protein level, that fat level, um, you know, the colorful vegetables, colorful fruits and vegetables. Do that and just do three meals a day, right? And if you're able to do that and feel satiated in between the meals, then fantastic. Now we're ready to kind of extend your fasting window. And I always recommend starting with roughly about 12 hours overnight. So you don't want to eat before you go to bed. That's actually one of the worst things you can do for your melatonin levels, your, 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 your deep sleep and restorative uh, rest. And so you want to consume your last meal roughly three to four hours before you go to bed. So let's say, you know, finish dinner at, let's say 7 PM. And then you want to fast till at least 7 AM the next morning. But I would recommend starting your day by drinking water, herbal tea, drink at least 16 to 24 ounces of of fluid before you even think about a meal. And what happens there, and a lot of people will say, but when I wake up, I'm so hungry. And there's probably a few reasons for that. Number one is, um, you know, that it's it's a conditioned response. So when you're used to eating breakfast every morning at 7 a.m. and you usually eat this big bowl of oatmeal or whatever it is, you're telling your body, I should be hungry at this time every single day. And so it's just kind of a, a conditioned response. And you have this, this hormone called ghrelin that comes out of your stomach when your stomach, when there's nothing in your stomach, when it's not distended. And it also comes out at periods of time when you're used to eating food, right? So it's, again, a conditioned response and it goes to the brain. It tells you that you're hungry. So if you hydrate in the morning, if you drink water, which all of us are dehydrated when we first wake up because we've been breathing out water vapor all night long. So if we hydrate our body well, we're going to distend the stomach, we're going to suppress the ghrelin release, and you're not going to feel the hunger. And this happens all the time. People start just drinking water and they notice, okay, my hunger went away and I actually feel more energized, right? They feel better. And you can even just take a little bit of salt if you want. I noticed for some people... Um, they feel a lot better when they do a little bit of salt, good sea salt or Himalayan salt along with the water. And I I really like warm beverages, like a warm lemon water or herbal tea, like warm dandelion tea or something along those lines. 
And the warmness of the water will actually help stimulate your vagus nerve, which will help activate peristalsis. So you can move your bowels early in the day, which helps reduce the amount of um, endotoxins in your system and will help bring down inflammation in your body. So you always want to move your bowels. Your, your large intestine is most active between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. So you want to make sure you get at least one good bowel movement uh, between that time of day. And, and warm beverages can really help with that. For some people, if you're able to tolerate coffee and do okay with that, um, black coffee is fine as long as you know it doesn't increase cravings or drive up. If you don't feel like it drives inflammation, make you feel jittery, that can be helpful. Or do war, warm, lem, uh, warm lemon water, warm herbal teas. Um, and that's fantastic. So now you're 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 starting to condense your eating window. So let's say that allows you to go till nine or ten a.m. before you feel hungry. Okay, then go ahead and eat and eat a good solid meal, right? Like I talked about, and then give yourself four hours or so between before your next meal, and then consume your next meal, and then you know uh, you know try to kind of condense your eating window to let's say eight to ten hours. All right, somewhere in that time frame. And now you've gotten kind of the first step when it comes to what we call intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding. And that's going to help improve your blood sugar. It's going to help improve your body's ability to burn fat for fuel because when you don't have fuel, like when you're not continually eating, your body says, okay, well, I need to start to, since I'm not getting any sort of anything that's increasing my blood glucose, I need to actually break down sugar from my liver and from my muscles. So it will start to do that. And then it will also start to break down fatty acids. So you start to burn your own body fat this way because your insulin levels go down, right? Insulin is this hormone that helps with that, that takes sugar, puts it into the blood, or I'm sorry, puts it into the cells, takes it out of the bloodstream, puts it into cells. And it also stops our ability to burn fat. When we fast, when we go longer periods of time between meals, and we also eat a blood sugar stabilizing diet, our insulin goes down. Once it gets down below a certain threshold, now we start to burn fat for fuel. So now we're burning our own body fat. And that's key because fat, we used to think was just a storage form of energy, but actually fat is an endocrine organ. And the more fat we have, the more inflammatory compounds. So fat itself will actually release cytokines, inflammatory cytokines. And so the more that we're burning this fat, the less inflammatory mediators that our body is actually gonna produce. And so now we're burning our own body fat for fuel, and as we extend that fast longer, right, now the body says, okay, well, I actually need some sort of extra energy source for my brain because the brain is very, very metabolically active and we can't get fatty acids across the blood-brain barrier. And if our blood sugar is going down and we're using up some of that stored blood sugar, the body will actually take fatty acids, convert them into these compounds called ketones in the liver. Their ketones are water-soluble molecules that can now, they're smaller than fatty acids. They can cross a blood-brain barrier. They're a great fuel source for our neurons and our nervous system. And they also are what we call epigenetic modulators. So they actually modulate the way our genes express themselves. And so when it comes to inflammation, inflammation is a certain genetic expression. And it's an expression that our DNA makes when it feels like it's in a environment that is uh, in war, right? In a wartime physiology, it turns on this inflammatory genetic expression. When ketones are elevated, it tells the brain, okay, this is more of a peacetime uh, uh, you know, physiology. It's a time of famine. It's a time of healing and repair. And we actually need better mental faculties so we can go out and find food. And so it actually brings down inflammation in the brain and it turns on the, the mitochondrial reproduction and what we call, so mitochondrial biogenesis, we also call, there is another term called mitophagy where we actually break down old damaged dysfunctional mitochondria. Within every chronic disease, particularly fibromyalgia, we find these mitochondria that have been rusted and damaged from oxidative stress, right? And so they are not functioning well, they're not metabolically flexible. And by metabolically flexible, I mean their ability to burn sugar as well as fat or ketones for fuel. Yeah. Okay, that's really important. They need to be able to burn both. Most people, if they're not living a healthy lifestyle, and if you have a chronic, you know, a chronic inflammatory condition or something like fibromyalgia, you have a lot of mitochondria that are metabolically inflexible, right. and they're rusted up. You know, think about it like a like a browned apple, right? They're 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 old, they're damaged, they're decayed. They're, they're barely producing any energy 
but they're producing a whole lot of free radicals and metabolic waste. And we need to get rid of those, right? And so we need to break those down. This is what the body does. And it takes the raw materials, anything that's good, like kind of like breaking down like an old car. It's like, okay, well, the car actually had a good, you know, bumper or something, right? Like, we'll find whatever was good from it and we can reuse that, right? Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. your know, our, our, our recycling, our, you know, plastic or whatever it is. This is what the body actually does. It's very energy resourceful to actually break down an old damaged mitochondria and then turn it into a new, healthy, young, stress-resilient mitochondria. And that's what it wants to do. It just needs the right environment. The right environment is when the ketones start to elevate, insulin goes down, that triggers the physiology to start to go through this process of autophagy and mitophagy in the mitochondria. And that's what happens. And the longer we extend that fast, so we go 16, 18, 20, or even 24 hours, right? A full day. Um, the more and more of that sort of cellular renewing process that we're getting, but you don't do that overnight. Okay. Or it could be very stressful, kind of like exercise, you know, exercise we know is very healthy. However, if you're sedentary, if you're inflamed and you go and you try to get a great workout in, it's actually going to be counterproductive, right? You want to start slowly build up your level of fitness, right? Maybe go for a walk to your mailbox and then go for a walk you know, down the road to the stop sign, right? And then you start to gradually build a level of fitness. Well, it's kind of the same with fasting. We get the dietary principles right with our macros, getting the right nutrients and the right foods on board. We stop snacking, we stick to the three meals, and then we slowly tighten up that eating window till we find a really sweet spot. And then we can do, we can play with it, right? And we can do things like, okay, one day a week, I'm going to do a 20 to 24 hour fast, right? Which is going to really build that metabolic autophagy, and you're going to get a lot of, um, you know, a lot of tear down of those, those damaged mitochondria and rebuilding of the new healthy mitochondria. And so we want to do that. Right. And, but then we might need to cycle it with, you know, one day a week where we're consuming extra calories, right. To tell the body, okay, we're in a feast. We actually want to cycle through periods of feasting and periods of famine. So that way we get the right hormonal expression because feasting tells the body, okay, we got nutrients on board. So we can produce sex hormones, right? We don't, we're not in a time of stress that's bad for fertility. So, you know, we're not going to, you know, if somebody's fasting, for example, like there, there's something called female amenorrhea where these women are, you know, they're, 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 um, training, uh, yeah, doing yeah. extensive training. Right. And then they may even be under eating, right. Not consuming enough food and they lose their menstrual cycle and they get all different types of hormonal issues. They lose their hair, things like that. So fasting, it's important to remember that's a stressor on the body, just like exercise. And so just like with exercise, you're not, most people are not going to be able to work out every single day, particularly as they get older. Um, they need rest days and recovery days in between. Well, it's kind of the same with fasting. We don't want to press and compress that eating window too tight every single day. We want to do that periodically. And then also have days where we're consuming a you know, really good amount of calories and telling the body, okay, food's on board, nutrients are on board. Let's produce the right amount of sex hormones, the right amount of thyroid hormones and cycling through that. We call that feast famine cycling. I talk a lot about that in my books, on my podcast, things like that, and different strategies that you can do that we've seen be very effective for people. So, you know, as functional medicine practitioners, we're always looking at what are the underlying causes of these, of these symptoms? You know, with fibromyalgia, we got always symptoms that fibromyalgia is just a name we really want to know what's causing the pain what's causing the fatigue what's causing the brain fog and we want to search out those things it could be mold toxins it could be lyme it could be an infection it could be there's numerous things uh, that could be creating these symptoms but a real game changer for my patients is going on an anti-inflammatory and if needed a weight loss diet combined uh, 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 patients on my diet uh, that need to lose weight um, you know, they'll lose half a pound a day. I have patients lose 20, 30, 40, over 100 pounds. And what they tell me over and over again is by losing that weight, they have more energy because their metabolism goes up, their mental clarity improves, their sleep improves, and their pain dramatically goes down because we're getting rid of those inflammatory chemicals and toxins that are stored in these fat cells. I think that's the beauty of what you you know you you teach in your work your uh, podcast and in your books about the, the intermittent fasting and the keto diet. It's a way really to get these toxins out of your body, and by doing that, uh, it becomes addictive. Really, I think um, I've adopted the uh, intermittent fasting lifestyle. I like to fast periodically as well. 
always feel so much better doing it. And a few years ago, when I was introducing that to my patients, they were, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now what I see is with these baby steps and they start to do it, it begins to be they really enjoy it because they feel so much better. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, you realize fasting is something all of our ancestors have done. I always say it's, it's yeah. you know, the most ancient, inexpensive, and powerful healing strategy known to mankind because it's really built into our DNA. Our, our genetics, our body knows exactly how to handle a time of famine. Right. And that's why we we exist here as you know, humanity. We've gone through a lot of famines and our body knows exactly what to do. In our society today, we're in the opposite. We're we're in a period of time where most people are overfed but undernourished, right? Meaning that they have more than enough food on board and their insulin levels are sky high, but they're actually nutrient deficient. And so how do we change that over? Well, the innate intelligence of the body knows how to knows how to do this, right? And the key is. Again, starting to go undergo these little, these small fasts, right? Um, and compressing that eating window. And the body knows exactly how to adapt to that and become stronger and more stress resilient. Of course, you know, when we eat, we want to make sure we're getting very high nutrient dense foods into our system for the key nutrients that we do need. Yeah. So I want to encourage everybody to check out Dr. Jocker's uh, website, drjockers.com. Uh, his books are available on Amazon, available on his website and his podcast. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. Is that, can they access that on your website, right? They can see where to go to get. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yeah, you can that. see it there. You can go to like Apple iTunes, Spotify or wherever uh, you listen to podcasts and just type in Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast. Perfect. Great. David, as always, thank you so much. Wealth of information you just shared. I hope people will will take this information. Don't don't overanalyze it. Just take the simple little steps of cleaning up your diet. I mean, that's the first thing you can do in your journey to feel better, to get healthy, and to stay that way. Just start to clean up your diet. Uh, take some of the principles that he shared today, and I think you're going to see just by doing that, you're going to start creating the environment of, of of actually feeling a little bit better and get some, you know, get some traction on the mountain of, of health. So thanks so much, David. Enjoyed spending time with you. Thank you, Roger. Appreciate you. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on, or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.